through tape, CDs, DVDs, to our publication, Voices from His Excellent Glory, Declaring the Kingdom, right, P.O. Box 21516, Hot Springs, Arkansas, zip 71903. Our website is www.lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and lhbconline.com. There are many hundreds of free audio files there. It's like going to Bible school at home. Friday evening, December the 25th, 1998. Midwinter Family Camp Meeting being held at Lake Hamilton Bible Campgrounds, Hot Springs National Park, Arkansas. Bob Bruce of Tyler, Texas, is the speaker of the evening. Uh, Brother Bob, we first met to our knowledge at Beaumont, in Beaumont, Texas. And uh, he didn't know who we were, and we didn't know who he was for a long time. And on the Arkansas story, you will hear a, in there a report about somebody coming up and prophesying to Irma about us needing a, an attorney and so forth. And uh, he prophesied who it was and where it was, and he didn't know who we were or who he was talking about. So Brother Bob's had had a part of this ministry before ever we were ever here. Oh, that's and great. so yeah, I don't know if you really knew that or not, but that's true. No, I really didn't know that. Yes, it is. I wonder if that's so true. We're happy to have <laughs> well, that's true or not. Brother, brother and sister uh, Booth here with us. Thank you, brother. You're welcome. Trying to find where to put those. Well, I got a Christmas story to tell you. I was listening to the... Uh, Dallas News yesterday, I think it was, said, you know, everything was iced in, the planes weren't flying and everything. So this couple, they lived within two miles of the airport there in Dallas, Fort Worth Airport. The man said, I'm just going to drive out there and see if I can find a, uh, somebody stranded, just bring them home for a while. <laughs> well, he ended up finding Joseph and Mary. <laughs> and Mary was very much pregnant. And they, could, and it's true, they couldn't find a, a motel. It wasn't any place for them in the end, just like Jesus. She didn't have her baby, but they did bring him out there and and uh, blessed them for the night, and took them back the next day. And and but you know the uh, the news went out and took a took a video of those guys, took pictures of them, and they just talked with them and portrayed it like. Comparing it to Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. So I thought that was pretty nice for the world to do that. You know, like Glenn, it doesn't make any difference when Jesus was born. Praise God, but he did get born. <laughs> and so uh, we realized that the original Christmas is a pagan thing, but uh, God, God can take anything of the devil and make something good out of it. There's a lot of a lot of good in Christmas, and there's a lot of garbage. But, you know, they, they, uh, they're getting less and less of the name of Jesus in every Christmas. Right. But you know what? It's just liable to turn around and go the other way. Right. Now, we're in the end time. Jesus is fixed to come back. By the way, uh, the reason why I'm hobbling around like this, I, have some, I did some injury to my spinal cord. So the nerve ends, they sleep, and they dream, and they don't know, you know, they don't like for you to move, and when you start moving, they're asleep, and crazy things happen. But uh, that's when I fell and broke my back. Yeah, that was in 92. Was I here since then? And I was here once before then. Yeah, okay, since then. Okay, I fell, I fell in 92. Anyway, I am healed. 
It don't. It just don't look like it. <laughs> and um, Jesus is going to explode the healing ministry. See, he's coming right away. And he's going to slap the devil in the face. I mean, he's going to kick him around. <laughs> and, of course, he's going to use you to do it. The thing about it, God has given you an authority that no people has ever had. I mean, I realize we've had it ever since Jesus died and rose from the dead. But, I mean, he's opening up more and more. See, the Bible says we go from glory to glory. See, we're getting higher all the time. We're moving into revelation knowledge. And this is... It, it, even, it hasn't started to happen yet, but right. what we will see. Right. It's, it's right now. You can't say in the future. It's right now. Yes. It's exploding, right. starting to work. It's now working. Yes. It's now working. Yes. Praise the Lord. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about King Priest tonight. You know, Jesus said in the Revelations, first chapter, and um, verse 6, he said he's made us kings and priests. Under God. Glenn said he was a priest in this place. Well, he is. Praise God. And uh, in the Old Testament, in uh, Exodus 19.6, said, You shall be unto me a kingdom of priests uh, and a holy nation. Now, he was talking about Israel there. But you see, we're no different. He said the same thing to us then. See, we're all one. See, the Bible said he'd broken down the middle wall of partition. And there were two made one. I don't know what God's going to do with Israel in the end time, but uh, it'll probably be only through the blood of Jesus that he does it. So I don't get too turned on about Israel either way. I pray for them all the time that they'll get saved. I release light to them that they'll get saved. I don't know how God's going to do it. In fact, I don't know much of anything about the end time. I don't have it all figured out. If you got it figured out, I'll listen to you, but I won't believe you. <laughs> Praise God. Because... Uh, you know, there's so much going on. This idea, that idea. I just believe them all. You follow what I'm saying there, Glenn? In other words, a little lab of this, probably true, a little lab here. But God's not going to give it all to you. Well, if you think you got it figured out, you just better repent and just start over again. And just say, God, teach me the truth. All I want is truth. Now, I know when I read certain articles about whatever, in the end time, it's very saddening. It makes you very sad. It's a defeatist spirit. This is no time to be defeated. This is a time to get tough. And I'm telling you, I am tough. I am an, in authority, and I don't let the devil push me around in this business of the latter days. I am in charge <laughs> of this earth. Glory to God. I hope you get that in your spirit tonight. You're in charge. He said, He said, I made you my battle axe. Jeremiah 51 20 said, I made you my battle axe. He said, I'm going to use you to tear down nations. Well, I believe that. So I start tearing them down. I tear down all this garbage, all this corruption, all this scum in the White House. I, I purge out that scum. Now, I like to see God save all them. Don't have any problem with them. You know, Clinton would really make a nice Christian. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Bill Graham said Clinton gave him his first tithe, 10 cents. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? He had a foundation of Christ. Bless his heart. 
Well, like that boy, yeah, that guy. Like, see, God get a hold of him. And all those women livers make powerful preachers. So I, I, don't, I, I don't mind God making preachers out of it, but I pull down their corruption. I am God's priest. Now, remember when uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, yeah, yeah, once 12, chapter 1, verse 12 and 17, when uh, Hannah was interceding for for uh, a baby for Samuel. So the crazy priest was so backslid he thought she was drunk. He said, woman, when are you going to put this wine away? And she said, sir, I'm, I'm not a drunk. She said, I'm in travail for a son. <laughs> that backslidden priest didn't know the difference between travail. Well, a lot of the worldly people say that's, they're drunk. You've heard that report, haven't you? On the day of Pentecost, they're drunk. That's the world's response to the, the things of God. But as soon as it dawned on him that she is in travail, he said, All right, God's heard your prayer. Go home and have your baby. <laughs> Did you all hear me? A backslidden priest had the authority to tell this woman that God had heard her prayer. Go home and have her baby. You remember in, uh, in Caiaphas, this guy... Crucified Jesus. Do you hear me? He crucified Jesus. I know it's just instruction says no glasses, no cokes and things in the auditorium. But they didn't say anything about candy, so I got my candy with me. <laughs> praise God, praise God. I do that instead of drinking water. Some of this medication I'm taking for these nerve ends dry out my mouth. Anyway, praise God. He had the anointing. Here's Caiaphas prophesied that Jesus was going to die on the cross. Then turn around and kill him. Are you all hearing me? A, a worldly, ungodly priest had the authority to speak by revelation. He got that through the Spirit of God. Isn't that amazing? Now, I'm just showing you the power of the office of the priest. Now, you and I are priests. Now, we have priests like Brother Glenn here who are in charge of certain areas. Every one of us have a measure of the priesthood working in us. Every one of us. Yes, that's right. Everything that Jesus has, you have in you. You have authority you never dreamed of because God himself lives in you. Now, God is, God is not a peanut God. He is full God. Now, he lives in me. He can only operate when I allow him to operate. But I learned to let him operate through complete submission. Now, that's the key right there. Complete submission. Everything he tells you to do. Get up and pray. Do this, do that. Fast now. Y'all hear me? You get, you, get, you get in a rhythm of fasting, and you know you're going you're gonna to follow right through and it won't be flesh either. It'll be God. I started fasting on a Monday to Friday. You know, this is a general thing. I break it sometimes. Like I broke it this week. And uh, is this Friday? Broke it today. I don't think it was God's will for me to, but I did anyway. But two days a week. And it's, it's almost sort of religious with me now, so to speak. I just feel like that that is God's day for me. Are you hearing me? You, now, you say, I don't want to do that. Well, that's all right. You just don't do that. 
You do what you you do what you let God do what He wants you to do. Let Him lead you. Be, be close enough to where you'll know what He has for you. But remember, there is a cross. There is a cross, and that cross is merely obeying God. It may you may get in trouble, you may get persecuted. But obeying God is the key thing. All right. Now, in the, in the, in the Exodus, yeah, Exodus 32, I think it is. Let me check my notes here. Praise God. Praise, yeah, Exodus 32. Moses was uh, receiving the law from the Lord. And God looks down and the people are worshiping the calf. They made him a calf down there, and they're worshiping this demon thing. And God says, get out of my way. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to wipe him out. Let my anger get hot. Let it wax hot, he said. So I'm going to wipe him out. And Moses said, now watch Moses, the priest. He said, God, you can't do that. Why, what are the nations going to think of you? You pulled them out here in the desert and didn't have enough power to take them in, into the promised land. They're going to laugh at you. And besides, and this is really what hooked God. He said, besides, he said, you gave Abraham and all his children a covenant that you'd keep them and bless them. Now, how are you going to keep them and bless them if you're going to kill them? <laughs> and notice, this is Moses talking to God. But it's not Moses, it's the high priest talking to God. It's the priestly nature, which is God's nature. So you've got two natures, the wrath nature of God and in his priestly nature, which is mercy. So the mercy of God. So Moses hit God right in the face with his own nature. Now, that wasn't an insult to God. That was God's ordained plan for it to happen like that. So you can see the office of a priest. Now, he has power with God. Now, is this the, God says, okay, I repent. I won't kill him. Now, God, that means that when it says I repent, it means I changed my mind. I just won't do it. Now, notice, if Moses had not done that, God is wiping them out. Now, that's why you're here as a priest. You can make intercession. For nations and stop the wrath of God and create a revival right here in this earth right now. Yes, amen. And there's people doing it. I know I'm doing it daily. I spend, I spend one to two hours a day just interceding for the nations, calling down, stopping this evil. I pull down this demonic thing. I stomp it under my feet. I call in the revival of God. Now, this happened then with Moses again in Numbers 14. Again, the people are in rebellion. This time, they're going to kill Moses. <laughs> That's an ordinary bunch of people. They're going to kill Moses. And Joshua and Caleb stood up to come on, we can go through. They said, kill them too. I mean, this bunch of people were devils. So God comes on the scene again. Same story. You think it's the same thing. Get out of way, I'm going to kill them. Let me get mad. Let my wrath wax hot. I'm going to wipe them out. Here comes Moses. Same argument. 
said, God, you can't do that. And then his final clincher was, God, you said you were compassionate and you were loving. And now so you, you find all that in number 14. And he said, okay, I pardon them according to your words. Did you all get that? The words of the priest stopped God right in his tracks like that. Now, number 16, you have a similar situation. In number 16, we have the deacon board rebelling. I mean, they're coming up there and they're saying, Moses, you're taking too much on yourself. You think you're the only one that can hear from God. Well, I'll have you know that we can hear from God, too. We're priests just as much as you are. We have a lot of that in these elder boards, don't we? Praise God, praise God. Well, Moses said, all right, jerks. Come on out tomorrow and get your priestly garments on. Now, they weren't priests. They were, they were, actually, they were, they were servants. They were the people who cleaned up the temple and things like that. Just servants. Weren't priests. So they come out the next day all dressed up, you know. Boy, there, and there's 250 of them. Korah and his bunch is what it is. And he got the smartest ones, Korah, got the smartest ones in Israel back of him. And so God comes on the scene, the same thing, I'm going to kill him. And God says, Moses, Mo- Moses said, God, are you going to kill all these poor sheep? See, look at these innocent sheep. They didn't do anything. They're just following these. They don't know any better. They're just following those people. God says, get them away from Korah then. These guys had all forsaken Moses and was over in Korah's camp. The whole bunch of them. The only one that wasn't there was was uh, Moses and and uh, Aaron. I believe that's what it was. And Joshua and Caleb. All right. Now, so Moses, he asked God to stop him, and God says, "Call him away from." Him. So he called him away, and man, those guys ran. And then the wrath of God fell on and opened up the earth, opened up and swallowed them up, and then the Fire God fell on those 250, and it burned them, burned them to nothing. Okay? Now, you know what happened the next day? Same chapters, number 16. The next day, they came to Moses. They said, you killed God's people. <laughs> Can you imagine those people being that stinking honor? But it's just like that today. You have carnal people just like that today. Poor old Moses, he'd saved their necks. He killed God's people. And so, this time, God did not stop for his priestly nature to intercede. He said, get out of my way, Moses. I'm going to tear into them. And boy, he went out there and started killing them. A plague came on that people. What was it, honey? 14,700? 14,700 died. Just like that. And Moses fell on his face. He said, Aaron, get out there and stop God. Put up the censer. Oh, Aaron ran out there. And as soon as he stuck that censer up, which is symbolic of the blood of Jesus, bang, 
the wrath of God stops. I'm talking to you about the priest, the power of the priest. You are not a little insignificant nobody. You can turn this nation around right now. God spoke to this one fellow and said, My children, the weakest, the least of my children, they can stop armies and move nations. The least of my children. See, God in you is no less than God himself. Of his fullness, you have all received. It is God that works in you. You don't have just a little dab of God. You have all of God. Yes, Amen. And so he said, mimic me. If you can just get that one idea in your mind tonight, I am going to mimic God. Praise oh, it's hard for you to mimic God because our earthly bodies, we're so earthly, we can't comprehend God. But as you begin to practice mimicking God, God will begin to give you revelations on it, and you'll begin to enter in more. And you begin to see how would God react to this situation. Now, there's a big key right there, having the heart of God. Having compassion like God has compassion. Having the heart of God. He reacts different to people than we do. He, he loves people and he sees where they're coming from. And he knows what terrible things you were brought up in as a child. He knows about your family background. He knows everything about you. And so he can take this guy as mean as a dog over here, a mad dog, mean as all get out, and he can have patience with him because he knows his potential. And here's somebody that uh, doesn't, uh, hadn't had a bad background, everything's been hunky-dory. He may be serving God, looks like he's under, uh, on fire for God, and here's one guy over here being all through all kind of hell. And he's just doing very little for God. He may be doing more for God than this, this other guy. Because how much effort it took him to get to where he is, and how much effort it took this guy to get to where he is. Very interesting. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit about the power of the priest to cause, bring, in other words, the power of the priest leading repentance to bring a revival in the earth. And in Joel 2, all starting around 10, verse 12 in there, he talks about the coming of the Lord in this great army. He talks about the, uh, the, star, the, the, the sun and the stars, the sun and the moon being all disrupted. So it pinpoints it right to this very time, right? Right at the end. See, it pinpoints it. Now, he said, here's the thing that I want you to get. Study those verses in there, 2, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and through the whole chapter then. He says, you repent. He said, who knows? He said, I just might repent. Did y'all get that? He said, you repent. Who knows? He said, I might. Call, I think I have it written down here in my notes somewhere, and I'll read it to you again if I find it. Praise God, praise God, praise God. All right, 210. The earth shall quake before them. This is that army of God. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark. The stars shall withdraw the shine. There's some rough things out there right ahead. It's going to happen. And he said, Therefore now, verse 12, saith the Lord, 
Turn to me with all your heart, fasting, weeping, and mourning, crying out to God. And this is what I'm putting on you tonight. Turn to God and begin to cry out to God. Rend your heart, verse 13, and not your garments. Turn to the Lord your God, for he's gracious and merciful, slow to anger. He's a great kindness, and he repents. He repents of him of evil. He changes his mind. I want you to get that now. God changes his mind. I told you twice now, three times, where God changed his mind. In a pardon? Would you say, honey? That's what, she's, that's what we're saying. He, you know, he'll say something, and if, just like he said to Jonah, he said, go in there and preach and tell him I'm going to wipe him out in 40 days. Well, the people repented, and God didn't wipe him out. Made Joseph, the Jonah, Jonah mad. Yeah, <laughs> God says, Jonah, I just couldn't do it. I looked at all those innocent people down there. Are you all hearing me? Now, he did wipe them out later. About, what was it, 100 years later, honey? 120 years later, he did wipe them out. But he gave them 120 years to get straightened out. I don't know whether it helped him or not, but God gave him a chance. Now, verse 13 said, Rain your heart. We read that. And then, then verse 14 says, Let me read the latter part of 13. It says, Who knoweth? He said, He got slow to anger, great kindness, and repents of evil. Verse 14 says, Who knoweth if he will return and repent? And leave an offering behind. Change, a, change of an idea, a drink offering. Then he said in verse 17, Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the portion of the altar. Let them say, Spare your people. Lord, don't let the heathen rule over them. Now that's what the Satan, the Antichrist, would like to do right now. He would like to set up the Antichrist government. Everything's moving that way right now. But you have to get tough and pull it down. Give him confusion. Short circuit that guy. Don't let him get... Don't, don't let fear get a hold of you. You can't do anything if you're fearful. You stand up and be a king, and you be a priest. You're a king and a priest. You stand up and knock, just knock the tar out of that devil. You have power. He said, let the priest, the minister of the Lord, weep between the portion of the altar and say, spare your people. Verse 19, the Lord will answer and say to his people, I will send you corn and wine. So right in the midst of this end time, when all hell is about to come loose, God's people start taking authority by repentance. Y'all still loving me? And this repentance is bringing the mercy of God into action, and from then on, it's revival in the whole, in the whole deal. He said, verse, verse, and uh, the. Verse 19, he will say, Behold, I send you corn and wine, and you shall be satisfied therewith. And then from then on, they said, The vat shall overflow. Verse 23 says, the, uh, It'll be the early in the latter rain. And then it keeps on talking about the vat being overflowed. And the, all this great things happening, and whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. So right then, at this very end time, you and I can pull down Antichrist ministries to the point that they cannot function fully as they want to. Every day of my life, and with a few exceptions, I say, Father, I pull down, I stomp down under my feet the one world government. In Jesus' name. I pull down and I stomp under my feet, in Jesus' name, the World Bank. 
in Jesus' name. I pull down, stomp under my feet in Jesus' name, all the corruption of the FEMA government and the Bilderbergers and the, all these men. I pull down their power. I pull down their power. We're not touching their lives. We're not cursing them. We're letting God handle them. But we're, we're destroying their power. You're going to make a dent on these kingdoms when you begin to act like God's priests, where you repent for the, for the sins of the church. I do that all the time. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us. We have sinned. We have failed you, Father. Forgive us. Forgive me, Father. Forgive my family, Father. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And we... We release the, the love of God then into the land, and we take the authority. So when God said, Jeremiah 51, 20, I, I, you're my battle axe, with you I will pull down, throw down nations, horse and rider, and so on and so forth. I will use you to pull it down. So, Lord, I pull down the evil that's in the women's lips, the civil liberties. Come on, in Jesus' name, I pull down the evil that's in the civil liberties, unions. All these are socialistic front organizations to destroy America. You know, this is the reason why your liberal judges, your liberal, uh, your liberal uh, police captains, that's the reason why I think this is crazy. They don't, they don't, they don't act like we used to act when we as kids. They don't interpret the Constitution like godly people would. They interpret it the way they want to. The way they feel like it. So in the name of Jesus, I tear down all liberal judges. Say it in the name of Jesus. I tear down. I throw down all liberal judges. In Jesus' name. You're not... You're not hurting them. They can get saved. They can do what they want to. But you're throwing, you're, you're bringing your court system back to God. Yes. You say, well, Brother Booth, hey, this is so, you know, this thing's gained so much momentum. Hey, God's got so much power. That he, right. <laughs> well, if he just sneezed, he'd knock everybody flat on their back. God has no problem with blessing the world right now. And you're his priest. Oh, I like that, don't you? The Bible tells us that Ephesians 4, what is it, 13 or 14, says that we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. But I tell you, when you start operating in the knowledge of God, you begin to understand how God wants you to operate. And you're coming into the perfect man the measure and the stature and the fullness of Christ. God wants to operate through you and me to the full extent that he would in Jesus right now here on this earth. I tell you what, you're a beautiful bunch of people. There's a lot of glory in you. There's a lot of fire in you. You know, the Bible tells us, I, I like the uh, Psalms 8 and 5, it says he's, he's crowned you, which means to encircle around you, or a crown on your head. It means both. So he has encircled you with glory and honor. And he's put a crown on your head called glory and honor. He has also encircled you with, I think it's Psalms 5 and 12, said, with the 
the favor of God. Favor comforts you about as a shield. And then he's, he's and that's glory, honor, and favor. Those three things. And then he, the Bible says we have a, a wall of fire yes. around us. I tell you what, we are some dudes. Yes, sir. You realize that you've been, have a circle around you and on your head too. Says here comes Mr. Mr. Glory myself, my my glory. It's not your pride. Your pride can't work, boy. Once you get in the pride, you're mad. You can't touch the glory. It all, it all belongs to God. But you let His glory flow through you. One fellow said God gave me a revelation on on the end time, and he said I I got so cocky and smart, I like I really blew it all. And he said I went into a I went into the desert and went into tribulation and everything else. And now that I've straightened up and repented, God's bringing me back and, and helped me work with it. That's a mess, isn't it? See, remember this. The proud, he knows afar off. You all hear that? Don't ever allow pride to get in you when God starts using you. Praise the Lord. I don't want to know God at a distance. And he said, pride is like a chain of violence. Who wants to get head, hit in the head with a chain? <laughs> I had a funny thing happen to me at one time. This fellow, I was a Baptist, and he was, he was Pentecostal, didn't have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and so he'd come over to our services. But anyway, he said, to, uh, we are talking about, you know, what would we do if such and such. He said, well, if somebody would break into my house, Start beating up on my wife. I asked him this, if myself, would somebody break in your house and start not beating up on your You wouldn't try to defend her? He said, no, I wouldn't. I just, you know, I just let God handle it. You know, I just really shoot him out. And so the next day I went over and was having service in his home. And uh, next week I went over and he said, man, his face is all cut up. He said, I had to eat my words. He said, that man came in here with a chain, started beating up on my wife, and I, I flew into it. <laughs> he got hit, hit a few times, but God taught him a lesson anyway. Anyway, we're dealing with your authority, but don't let pride get into you. You have a crown of glory on you. You have a crown of honor on you. You have a crown of favor on your head. You have a circle of God's glory around you, a circle of God's favor around you, and you have the fire of God around you. You'll walk in the humility of God. You're going to see God deliver you when you ought not to be delivered. All circumstances say you ought not to be delivered. You will be delivered. Because we're coming in to a time when God will release more, more revelation knowledge and more power than has ever been released in the earth before. You and I are going to see that right now. Because we're coming up fast to the coming of Jesus. <laughs> the kingdom of God is about to take over. I get a blessing out of saying, Father, I command the kingdom of God to take over in our government. Saying out loud. Father, in Jesus' name, I command the kingdom of God to take over our government. Thank you, Father. Now, that makes me feel good inside. See, there's no fear there. I'm in charge. 
God wants you to join Him. Quit running from the devil. Oh, no, not oh. Great. Glory to God. Showdown time. So he said he's made you a king also. <laughs> now, a king is something else. He's bad. That king is a mess. That king's got power to behold. See, you've interceded now, and now you begin to use the authority of the king. You knock down these kingdoms. Knock down these evil kingdoms. Homosexual kingdoms, I tear them down. Say it in the name of Jesus. I tear down and stomp under my feet all homosexual spirits. Now, you see, you're not, you're not touching the people themselves. And we're going to release light to them that they'll be saved. Praise the Lord. I stomp down under my feet all international terrorists. In Jesus' name. He has authority of the priest. See, David went out and he brought down all his enemies. He's a titan of shatter for you right now. You don't have to let the devil take over. You can, you can cut that devil down so much in the end time that he don't get near what he thought he was going to get. That guy is a jerk from the word go. He is a failure all the way through. Anybody that's so stupid to yield to pride and get himself kicked out of heaven has got to be stupid. Why follow a jerk? Stomp him down. His strongest kingdom is under your feet. So I release, you know what I've been doing for years? I release light to the gorillas. South and Central America and Mexico. I've been doing that for years. And, um, we have a friend that works in Guatemala. She got up and she's telling this story. She said, you know, this gal is someone else. She's a missionary, but she's one of these missionaries that she's just got favor in high places. I mean, we go down there and work with She takes us into the, into the homes of some of these dignitaries. We have Bible studies in their homes. But uh, she was in a high place in one of the offices there. And this guy come up and he said, I am in trouble. I am in deep trouble. And she said, well, come on, let's go to lunch. <laughs> and she led him to the Lord. And the next, he said, well, we'll meet you tomorrow then and we'll talk some more with you. Well, she came back the next day and one of the government officials, see, this guy wasn't a government official. He was just there visiting the government. And the next day she's out there waiting on him and one of the government officials said, what are you doing talking with that man? She didn't even know who, who the guy was. She said, what are you doing talking with him? She said, I don't want to ever see you with him again. He said, I ever see you with him again, I'm going to throw you in jail. And I don't know if he told her that he was a gorilla. He was a gorilla. That's what it was, yeah. And he said, get out of here. And boy, she, went, she didn't keep her appointment with that guy. They run her off. So she found out then. Because this guy she'd led to the Lord was a gorilla. And he, he was the head of the gorilla pack in, that, in Guatemala. And he turned in all of their attache of guns and ammunition stuff. The biggest bunch that ever got from any gorilla group that turned them in. Now, that's exactly what I've been praying for the last ten years. I said, I release light to the gorillas. See, I am a king. 
I have authority. It's all Jesus now. None of it's me. It's all Jesus. But I am using His Spirit flow, see. The Lord and I release light to those guerrilla camps that Jesus will begin to minister around their campfires, that there'll be uh, Bible studies and things going on instead of this guerrilla warfare. And so, I hear, I hear. That's the first report I'd heard of it already happening. And I'll guarantee you, it's happening in South and Central America right now. Why? Because I've been doing it for 15 years. Are you all hearing me? You have authority, but you've got to get in there and pay a price. It doesn't cost much. It's a lot of fun. You get in the presence of God, that's what's fun about it. I enjoy the presence of God in prayer. It's just fun to pray. Sometimes I get to pray an hour a day, sometimes five and six, mostly five and six. Of course, i got more time than you do. Praise God. My wife does all the work, and I just sit around and pray. <laughs> Well, I'm telling you, that girl, praise God, praise God, she really works. <laughs> she, lo- she loaded everything in that car this morning, I tell you. Praise God. We got here late today because our electricity was off all day yesterday, and she hadn't had her clothes all washed yet. Yeah. Now, listen, young lady, from now on, get your clothes washed early. <laughs> so, we never got... We got in the car today, 12.30, with no lunch. And so after she found out there wasn't anything open, she decided, said, I think we'll stop and get something out of the trunk. And so she had good night. She had a feast back there. So we just drove in it. <laughs> hey, sweetheart, are you all tickled about yourself? Come on, you talk tickled about yourself? You're a priest, you ought to be tickled about it. God made you a priest. Let me show you something else about a priest. Oh, Miriam, she was a stinker. You know why she was such a stinker? She was part of Moses' family, and she didn't respect him like she should have. She, so she and Aaron just got goofing off again. And God got so mad with her, he just put leprosy on her. You say, God won't do anything like that. But if you quit listening to charismatics and read the Bible, you'll find out he will. <laughs> praise God, praise God, praise God. I am a charismatic, but I was never that stupid. Because I've been a word man first. If you, if you let a doctrine be your Lord, you're in trouble. Because you have to give and give and bend and, and tear out the word. I don't let any doctrine tear out the word. I believe it all. Don't know how it's going to work out, but I believe it all. You all with me? Praise God, praise God. Anyway. She got this leprosy. And Moses, old, old uh, Aaron came up and said, Moses, we've sinned. We've just goofed it, really goofed it. He said, uh, tell God to heal her. <laughs> so Moses looks at his sister there, Miriam. He looks at God and he says, heal her now. My goodness. You'd think that would be, you'd think that would be an arrogance, wouldn't you? And God looks at him. What was happening? It was God himself speaking through Moses. God was talking to himself. He said, well, I think we ought to let her stay outside and cool her heels for a week, don't you? Yeah. He said, just let her stay outside the camp and cool her wheels for her feet for a week. <laughs> but God, God honored that prayer. Yes, sir. You are so powerful. 
When you get to realize what God wants to do through you as a king, a priest, and a king, man, a king. You're jointly, Romans 5, 17 says, we've received abundance of grace or favor, therefore we're going to reign in this life by Christ Jesus. We reign as a king. When, uh, when uh, jo- uh, Jacob, you know, skunk, rascal, no good, cheater, you know, this conniver, he did all that thing to Esau. You know, he got, he was a stinker. Praise God, praise, he worked on Esau a couple of times, but cheating him out of stuff. But uh, so he was had this vision. He wrestled with the, the angel all night. And, and finally, the Lord said, he, he finally got the angel to where the angel had to give in. Now, you know how much the angel had to give in, don't you? He just whirled Jacob down. He knew if he didn't give in, why well, Jacob would just absolute faint. So he, he just gave in. And he made it look like Jacob once said, you've got power with God and, and you've prevailed. And he said, you know, don't call yourself anymore. That's going Jacob anymore. Don't call yourself that name. Call yourself Israel. Because you, as a prince, you have power with God and man. Now, that's what God interpreted that to be there. You have, as a prince, you have power with God and man. Now, every one of you have power with God and man because you are, you are of God. You are of God. You are the Israel of God. All of you knew that, didn't you? Now, the thing of it is, praise God, praise God, praise God. Jesus, uh, the word Israel there also means as the sovereign. Now, why wouldn't we be as God? Because we're the sons of God. We're born of God. So we are as God. So God lives in you. And the more I get out of the way, the more you will see God. Up here when I preach, the more my eyes will be a fire to you, the more my mouth will be smoking fire coming out. The more closer I get to God, the more you'll see God. The closer you get to God, the more people will see God in you. I'm tired of religion and horsing around. I want to get down to where we can find God, work with God, and see the glory of God working in our life. Praise God, praise God, praise God. In uh, Ezekiel 34:25 said, I'll make with them a covenant of peace. And that's where we are today. we got a covenant of peace. I came to bring peace on earth. And I'll cause the evil beast to cease out of the land. we got a lot of evil beasts. And our nation now is full of evil beasts. And I command these evil beasts to be broken before God. I release light to these evil beasts. Man, I tell you, our country's going crazy. Yes, sir. But when they go crazy, that's when God steps in. Yes, sir. Where sin abounds, grace did much more about. Did you all notice in Isaiah 59, 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord is oh, yes. good? Well, you know what the first part of that verse says? It said, they'll fear his name and his glory worldwide. They're going to fear the name of Jesus, and the glory of God that's on you worldwide. When? When the enemy comes in like a flood. Then the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. That's the time that God's going to lower the boom. The next verse said, the Redeemer, verse 20, Isaiah 19, he said, 
Then the Redeemer will come to Zion. I don't think he's talking about the return of the Lord. If he is, that's okay with me. But I don't think he is. I think he's talking about the presence of God will come alive in his people. You are about to come alive and act like God. But you're going to have to straighten up to do it, though. Otherwise, you'll be left on the sideline. I want to get involved. I want to be sincere. I want to be real. It's the kingdom of peace. I command the peace of God to take over in the earth. I command the kingdom of God to take over the governments of the world. <laughs> you say, I know Jesus is going to come back. And I know that, uh, you know, this may not take place till, till after the, the rapture or whatever we have. See, I, you know, they say, we're going to have a rapture, we're not going to have a rapture. I don't give a flip whether we do or we don't. He's coming. He's coming. Are you hearing me? Jesus is coming back. He'll handle everything. Praise God, praise God, praise God. We're going to be caught up with Him, whatever that is. That's all right. We're going to, we already should be caught up with Him. I don't have all these answers. I'm just trying to tell you when we're saying a command of the kingdom of God to take over, it may have to, the Antichrist may have to manifest a little bit more, but I'm not going to give him a chance to do it. I work him over every day. I want you to get excited about the king's ministry in you. David knocked out all his enemies. You're supposed to knock out all your enemies. When you face your enemy, the Bible said, don't fear him. Why? What's God afraid of? Start acting like God. I pull him down. Don't you know they're about to do this? No, I pull it down. Don't you know? No, I pull it down. You are a person of authority. You're not a defeated jerk. You are God's kings, and you're more than conquerors. Zechariah 12, 8, listen to this scripture. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and said, the, He that's feeble among you at that time shall be as David. Now, this is the weak guys. <laughs> you know, this is the backslidden people, about like, you know, Baptist or Methodist or somebody like that. To the house of David, now that's you, you're sitting on David's throne with Jesus, will be as God and the angel of the Lord before him. said, you will be as God in this day. Now, God expects you to get out of the way and let the king ministry of, of God himself reign and take authority in you. You are to be as God. But you see, the moment you say, oh, look, I'm as God. No, you just stepped into the flesh and you get yourself burned. You have no glory. He will not share his glory with anybody. He, his glory is in you, but it, and it's on you. But you cannot say, oh, look what I did. No, you didn't do anything. You just a flop. Everything's from him. He is all wonderful and all powerful. Now, if I said something tonight you don't agree with, well, just love me. You know what? And, you know, you may be right, and I might be right. Just, we just kind of hang loose on that, won't we? Just don't get all shook up. And Jeremiah 18, 7 says, What instant I speak. <laughs> I like this. It says, Yet any time I get ready to speak concerning a nation or a kingdom, I'll pluck it up, pull it down, and destroy it. God says, 
Because any time I get ready, boom! Knock them down. God will move through you in this end time to pull down these evil nations. Now, you're not pulling down the people. You're, you're releasing, at the same time, you're releasing light to all the people. They're good thing. But the powers, the Antichrist spirit, I pull them down. I pull them down in Jesus' name. There's no problem with God. He doesn't have a bit of problem with that. He just, it's a flick of the finger to him. There is no power out there. There is no power out there that you should fear. You are bigger than anything out there. I'm talking about the Christ that you serve. And he is, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Numbers 24 and 7. I'm about through here now. His king shall be higher than Agag. Agag was a powerful kingdom. And his kingdom shall be exalted. This is the kingdom of Jesus. This is more powerful than Agag. More powerful than anything you've got out there in the earth. More powerful than the Muslims. Boy, those guys are mad. Ooh. They're devils. You know what? I release light to them. They're going to be some of the greatest Christians among those Muslims. Isn't that great? They're turning to God. <laughs> Even now, you'd be surprised if you knew the, what's in the heart of many Muslims. He, you know, there's, we've been in different countries, and some of the doctors say when, you, when we take them in to operate on them, we'll, we'll pry their hands open, and they'll have a cross in their hands. <laughs> this Muslims people. Bless their Lord. Bless their hearts. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, you know, Abraham with five, with the... With uh, his 300, what's 270? How many people did Abraham have? 200 and... Yeah. 318. Abraham, 318 men. He said he wiped out five kings. <laughs> they probably had 500 apiece in them. So he wiped out five of them. Are you all hearing me out there? I mean, the anointing of God is so powerful... That Joshua could run. Was it Joshua? No, it was, uh, come on, who was it? Jonathan ran the entire army. One man ran the entire army. The anointing of God got on that one guy. And the Bible said that they started shaking. was afraid of old Jonathan. And the more they shook, the more God shook the earth. And God would make that old earth go just about like a seed. It would roll, you know. They go. It made them so... It made them so confused they killed one another. That's the power you have to run a nation, to send confusion to the Antichrist. Send confusion to the evil that's trying to push the church out of everything. I want to tell you, the church is going to be here after the dust is all settled. The kingdom of God is going to be here. When all the dust is settled, we're still going to be here. This is our land. The devil is not going to get it. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. I think I'll quit. Praise God, praise God. Praise God, praise God. Nothing could stop Israel. I mean, I'm, I'm just skipping over all this stuff. Nothing could stop Israel. He just kept on. No, nobody could stop. No, There wasn't a nation, anything, that could stop Israel when they served God. I mean, it was absolutely awesome. And we need to take that as a type and shadow for us. Nothing is too great for one Christian who can handle it. 
All we need is about two people to do this, and we got it. The kingdom of God is that powerful. And you're that powerful. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Say it, I'm going to do it. I'm in the, in the kingdom of God. I am a priest. And I am a king. And I am ashamed of myself. I said, I am ashamed of myself. For the way I've been doing. I repent. And I'm going to do different. I'm going to start, start acting like a priest. And again. And brethren, let me tell you something. When things get going pretty, you know, when the devil starts cutting up out there, just say, Lord, I release the purging fires of God to purge away all scum in that situation. I tell you what, I, I tell God to pur- release the purging. I release the purging fires of God on myself. Lord, purge away all scum in me. If I'm going to put it on somebody else, I'll put it on myself too. I don't want him to have any scum. I sure don't want any scum on me either. God can't just, well, say, well, you're my child. No, you've got to get that scum out of you too. Well, praise God. Thank God. The kingdom of God has come. This is your day to get up and shout. Bring forth a revival. Don't give up. I mean, you may have a lot of stuff come against you. It's all right. There's a lot of things come against a lot of children these days. God's children have a lot of things come against them, but they're going to come out of it. They're going to come out of it. Praise God. I think God, God allows some of, that, some of that stuff to happen just to make you tough. I imagine most of you got a little junk you've gone through. But you're coming out of it. You're a great people. If you come down here, I'm going to take your hand and pray for you. Glenn, <laughs> I was looking for Glenn to take my hand. He's not even there. <laughs> oh, did, did I say it loud enough? Praise God, praise God. Amen. You know, Lillian lies like that all the time too, Glenn. She said, you didn't talk loud enough. You didn't talk clear enough. Kuriamba kasiti amorosu kuriantakaya. Kuriamba kasakaya. Ooh, glory to God, glory to God. Kuriakasakaya. Man, I saw you up on this high wall, and you had this horse and buggy. That old horse, man, he was wanting to go. This is you. Wanted to go. Wanted to get going. Man, I want to get off there. And the old, old wagon, the, wheel, the buggy, the wheels were falling off to one side. And you finally got that old horse stopped. See, everything was chaos. This crazy buggy fell off. Uh, one, one side slipped off the, off the mountain there, and there you were just all hung up there. But you finally got the horse stopped. Now, that's the spirit of impatience, you see. Spirit of patience is what God's putting in you today now. This is the end of this message. Our website is www.lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and lhbconline.com. There are many free audio files there. It's like going to Bible school at home. Thank you.